Hi, and welcome to the Homeschool Snapshots podcast. I'm Pam Barnhill, your host, and this is the podcast that gives you a peek into the lives of the homeschoolers next door. Hi, everyone. So happy to have you here for the fourth episode in our series, Get Inspired for the New Year. This week, we're trying to help homeschooling moms get 2015 off to a great start with practical tips and inspirational messages. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to those of you who have left a rating or review for the podcast in iTunes. It just takes a minute and iTunes uses that information to determine which podcasts it will share with listeners. If you haven't left a rating but would like to, go to homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com where there is a place where I walk you through how to do it, and I really appreciate your help. Today, I'm interviewing Chris Bales from the popular blog, Weird Unsocialized Homeschoolers. For those of you who don't know Chris, in 2009, she started an incredible weight loss journey that culminated in her losing 90 pounds. In today's interview, she tells us a bit about how she did that and offers encouragement to other moms who are looking to do the same. Chris Bales is a homeschooling mom of three teens, one of whom has already graduated from the family homeschool. She blogs at the popular Weird Unsocialized Homeschoolers about the family's homeschooling lifestyle, hands-on learning, and some of the funniest homeschool posts you will find on the web. She is the author of the ebooks Hands-On Learning and Homeschooling 101, along with her newest book, 52 Weeks of Homeschool Activities. That one you can download for free on her blog. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about your family to get us started. Well, we live in Northwest Georgia with my husband. Brian and I have been married for 23 years. We have three children. My 19-year-old graduated last May. I have a 15-year-old ninth grader who is going to start driving soon. So watch Mm. on the roads. And a 13-year-old seventh grader. So you guys, you're skewing to the older end of the homeschooling spectrum, and you're doing the scary thing of homeschooling high school. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I've found that homeschooling high school round two is so far not as intimidating as the first round. Well, yeah. And I think that's the way it goes with just about anything is once you've done it once, then you've you know kind of got it in the bag there. Right. So how long have you guys been homeschooling and how did you get started? We have homeschooled since 2002, so we are well into our 12th year now. We started homeschooling for my oldest daughter's second grade year. She was having some trouble with reading. We didn't know at the time, but she actually has dyslexia. And after kind of talking with the school about our options, we decided to go with our own option C, homeschooling. They first talked about Well, they would go ahead and put her into second grade and she should catch up by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, how is she going to catch up by the end of the year if you're doing the same things that you've been doing? Well, we'll keep her in first grade and she'll be a leader in the class. Okay, Mm -hmm. but how is she not going to be bored out of her mind doing all the things again that she's not having trouble with? Mm -hmm. So we decided to try homeschooling for a year. We would focus on the reading keep everything else going smoothly. We chose the same math that she would have been using in public school so that she didn't get behind there and just see how it went. I thought 
you know, I'm not going to ruin her in a year. I can either catch her up and put her back in school. If she doesn't catch up, she can go back into second grade and not have the stigma of being held back. She can blame it on me. My mom decided to homeschool me for a year and now it's all her fault. I have to do second grade again. (laughs) I was willing to take the rap for that. Right. But by December of our first homeschooling year, we just knew it was for us. She was catching on quickly. By the end of the year, she was right where she should be as far as reading because we had the time to focus on that and to use curriculum and tools that were a good fit for her. Right. And not to mention that teacher-student ratio you had going on there. Exactly. The only problem with that particular ratio that year is there was a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Oh, well, true. So we utilized <laughs> nap time. Yes, we utilized nap time extensively. But the beauty Nap of, time was, let's focus. So Yeah, and the beauty of second grade is nap time was probably just about what it took. You know, that amount of time right. while your three-year-old and your one-year-old was napping was probably just about the amount of time you needed to complete second grade work for the day. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that is incredibly brave because, you know, you took a child who you knew was having a problem because, well, for me, one of my biggest fears in homeschooling my kids was, oh, my goodness, can I teach them how to read? And you took a child who you knew was struggling with reading and you said, hey, we're going to try this and we're going to do it. And it worked beautifully for you. So that's a great testament for homeschooling right there. It really was. It was just the key for us because she had that one-on-one attention and we were really able to go through a step-by-step phonics program, which she was not getting in school. And she just, you know, I was trying to help her with her reading at home and saying, now let's sound this word out. She had no clue how to sound a word out. So I guess just not only just that one-on-one focus, but I know what we're doing and I know how we're doing it. And so there was a consistency there that she was missing trying to get help at the end of the day. Right. That's great. And so it worked for you and you've been doing it ever since? Ever since. Awesome. Very good. Well, I've got a question for you and you are homeschooling teens. So your take on this question will be really interesting. Your homeschool day is most like um, which literary classic? It's multiple choice. A, The Odyssey. B, Little Women. C, Swiss Family Robinson. Or D, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> it's really bad if I say Lord Lord and the Flies, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Swiss Family Robinson just because they strike me as the hands-on, eclectic, mm-hmm. get in there and let's do this kind of learners. Yeah, and you guys really focus on a lot of the hands-on over there, I know. So, ah, good choice. If you could have one yeah. homeschool guru over for dinner at your house, who would you invite? Mine is probably a little different than most. I would love to sit down and have dinner with Debbie Strayer. Debbie was the author of the Trail Guide to Learning series that completely turned our homeschool around a few years ago. Debbie passed away last year, Mm -hmm. but given the chance, I would just love to sit and talk with her. I had a chance to talk with her on the phone one time, and just to hear her passion about where the Trail Guide to Learning curriculum came from, how the philosophies behind it. She is very much a natural learning, heavily influenced by Ruth Beach's philosophies, Mm -hmm. and just has 
a passion for passing on a love of learning to kids, getting them involved in the curriculum, hands-on, great biographies, learning about character through the lives of the men and women who built our country. She just has just such a passion. And we had actually finished the curriculum or were almost finished with it when I had a chance to talk with her. And just that conversation made me want to say, you know what, it, we probably could still pick up a few things. Let's, let's just go back through it all again. <laughs> so very inspiring. Yes. Wonderful. Well, are you a planner or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants? I am a planner, not, I don't think I would ever be able to sit down and plan an entire year at a time, but I do have to know where I'm going for the week. I'm one of those people I joked, but I'm not sure it's really a joke, that if I didn't write down, read with your kids, I would forget (laughs) to read with my kids. I mean, I'm probably not that bad, but I have been known on the days that I wing it to forget really basic things. Oh, spelling. Yeah, we should have done a little spelling today. So yes, I'm definitely a planner. And like I said, maybe not detailed, but I've got a little spreadsheet Monday through Friday with each of our subjects. And I list everything with a little checkbox because I am a checkbox marker. Oh, checkboxes feel so good. I do. I love checkmarks and lists where I can cross things off. I am not so tied to my schedule that I don't have a problem moving something to another day, but I do like to see it all and kind of know where we're headed for the day and be able to check things off when we're finished. And my kids are checkbox markers too. So Awesome. Are they self-motivated checkbox markers? They're kind of middle of the road. I think if I didn't say, okay, really guys, we've got to sit down and get started with school now, they would not say, you know what, I have just played video games or watched TV or read a book or played my guitar long enough. Let's do some school. (laughs) I don't think they'd do that. But my boy definitely loves to have his list. He wants to know what we're doing today. Everything we're doing, just give it to me. Tell me what it is and let me get on it. And I got the girl a planner this year and yeah, she's like her mama. She does like that planner. So she wants to write everything you know, her schedule for the day in the planner. Did you get her colored pens? No, she's a pencil kind of girl. Oh, okay. But I did get my husband a couple of weeks ago to buy a big case of pencils at Costco because they kept disappearing. Oh, yeah. Something eats the pencils around here, and they're the nice ones, too. So I know where you're coming from on that one. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Eats the pencils and then eats the erasers off of the ones that are left. So. Oh, my goodness. Don't even get me started on erasers. <laughs> Do you guys regularly homeschool in your pajamas? Some of us do. <laughs> my not. son, my son never. He is almost always dressed. I usually at least have on yoga pants. The girl regularly in her pajamas. But you know, I was just thinking the other day because I had done a post about kids homeschooling in their pajamas and there are very strong feelings about homeschooling in PJs. But I felt the need to to give a disclaimer that I mean, she wears like lounge pants and t-shirts. So she's homeschooling in her pajamas, but it's a little bit more dressed than I've seen people in Walmart sometimes. (laughs) It works. Fill in the blank for me. Fill in the blank. As a homeschool mom, I really rock what? I would say it's a toss up between hands-on projects and history. 
I like to do the hands-on learning. So I try to incorporate that as much as possible, but I love history. So are we talking like really messy, get down and dirty kind of hands-on learning? Like you're not afraid to make a mess? Oh, no, I don't like messes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not. We will make a mess if necessary, but I don't know. I said, no, no, I don't make messes, but I have dissected a frog (laughs) on our kitchen table with plastic under it, just for the record, in my husband's spot, not mine. (laughs) And yeah, I made sure I made sure it was in his spot. And yeah, we do paper mache. And so, no, I'm not afraid to get messy. And you find your teens are... As long as everybody cleans it up. Right. Well, and you have help with that. And you find your teens are pretty receptive to the hands-on stuff, even as teens. Yeah. They would rather get in there and do the hands-on stuff than sit. The boy, he was supposed to be our frog dissector. Now, I did wind up doing more of that than had planned to be doing. But he is my science guy. I have to make him let my daughter have a turn, too. He's the kid that would take over the science experiment at school. Okay. What is your... um? Favorite family read aloud ever? Oh, that's a hard choice. If I had to pick my favorite, not necessarily the kids' favorite, my favorite was probably Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. I like that much better than I ever expected to. Fill in the blank for me. If my grown child blank, I will have succeeded as a homeschooling mom. Is doing, if my grown child is doing something that they love to do. I always said that our, my basic goals, and these are just my basic goals, so it's not the only goal, but my basic goals for our homeschool were that all of my kids would be able to read, write well enough to express themselves, and do enough math to be able to file their taxes and balance their checkbooks. You know, those were the basics, but I want each of my kids to find what they are passionate about doing. Mm and do it. You know, I've got my oldest, her dream is to do hair and makeup on Broadway. Hmm. Who knows? You know, I mean, I'm sure that is a lofty goal, but at the same time, somebody's got to do it. That's right. So she is currently going to cosmetology school. That's kind of a stepping stone. We talked about it and said, you know what, wherever you go, whatever you do, people are going to want their hair done. I mean, no matter the economy, women want to look nice. We're going to go get our hair done. That's exactly right. So that was kind of a, yeah, I mean, that was just kind of a stepping stone. That's not her ultimate goal, but that is kind of a step in the right direction to what she wants to do. So, you know, if my kids want to go to college and become doctors, great. If they want to do hair and makeup on Broadway, great. I have a very musically inclined 15-year-old and I would love to see him do something with that. Mm -hmm. But that is my ultimate goal that they would, I wanted to give them the kind of education that would allow them to pursue whatever their goals were for their lives. Right. And, you know, you meet so many people who hate getting up and going to their job every day. And so, you know, to have that be a goal that, you know, your kids are able to do something that they're passionate about. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. Well, I know that a few years ago, you managed to lose quite a bit of weight and that one of the things you like to do on your blog is to encourage other moms in their weight loss journey. So will you tell me a little bit about how you lost the weight? Yeah, I started in 2009, the Monday, the week of Thanksgiving of all times to start. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But really, it was a funny thing. I was just frustrated and I had tried and failed 
to lose weight so many times before. Uh-huh. So I got on the treadmill that Monday and my attitude stunk. My whole thought process as I'm walking on the treadmill was I'm going to do this one last time just to prove that I can't do it so that I can quit feeling guilty about not doing it. And I lost four pounds a week of Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I said, okay, so maybe, maybe I really can do this. So I think the key for me was knowing exactly how many calories were going out versus how many were I was taking in. I got a body bug, which I don't even know if they still use it anymore, but on The Biggest Loser, it was a little armband thing that they wore to, it kept track of how many calories they burned. And I just worked out very often twice a day, usually at least six days a week. Yeah, I mean, that maybe sounds better than it was. I would do, you know, like 45 minutes on the treadmill in the morning, and then maybe I might do 30 minutes at night. And one big change was instead of laying in the bed watching The Biggest Loser, I would walk on the treadmill right. while I watched The Biggest Loser. So, you know, that was an hour of activity there that I didn't have before. And I really changed my diet and really started paying attention to what I ate. I cut out sodas and I severely cut back the sweet tea. I will never cut out the sweet tea. But I was going I've to ask, how do you lose weight? Yeah. How do you lose weight if you're yeah. a passionate lover of sweet tea? I only allow myself to drink it twice a day at lunch and at dinner. I usually only allow myself one refill and I drink it in a cup with a lot of ice. So for most people, that's probably one serving. And I cut the sugar way back. Yeah. But that was it. I mean, really, it was just becoming much more active, really watching what I ate and cutting out the empty calories with the sodas. And I mean, I honestly, I would drink a gallon of sweet tea a day mm-hmm. before. So I cut it down to, I might drink two gallons a week now. Well, what would you say to the homeschool mom who's kind of, you know, reached her low point and she wants to make a change this January, but you know, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, I've got all these kids to school. I never have any time for myself. How would you encourage her to find time to exercise and eat right? It's probably going to sound cold and heartless, but you really just have to make time. Now, I will give the disclaimer that my kids were a little older when I started. So, and they are, they are late sleepers. So it was really easy for me to get up and work out in the mornings before they Mm -hmm. got up. But that was the thing. I really just had to make time. If I waited to find time, it wasn't going to happen. Right. Even now, I have to work out first thing in the morning because if I don't, it's probably not going to happen. But I tell people, moms, especially moms with young kids, get them active with you. You know, put them in a stroller and go for a walk. Go for a family walk. Jump rope together. Hula hoop together. Play the we Fit together. I mean, there's so many things that you can do as a family. You don't have to just isolate your weight loss to you, to your time. And that's one of the things a lot of times when I go out to the track to run or walk and I see moms with their babies in jogging strollers, I envy them because I think, wow, how many years did I waste being obese when if I had just started that when my kids were young, you know, I wouldn't have had those 16 years of being miserable. I mean, you can ride bikes together. There's just so many things that you can do if you think of it You know, if you can't carve out that time for just you to work out alone, then you've got to quit thinking of it as just something that I have to find time for me to do. Right. Because the kids, too, you know, when kids, 
when you do it, when you're working out with them and being active as a family from the time they're little, they're not going to have those struggles with weight when they get older because they've gotten used to, you know, living that active lifestyle. Right. So more reasons than one to right. make it more of a family affair. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Great advice. Well, on Weird Unsocialized Homeschoolers, you encourage homeschooling moms to find or form their own homeschool support group. And right now you're even offering a free downloadable book of ideas with activities for groups to do together kind of all through the year. You have 52 activities in the book. So why do you think these groups are so important for homeschoolers? I think we need that sense of connection. Moms need it. Kids need it. And I don't think it has to be just a huge formal group for you to have that. It can be just a few families. But I know the first year that we homeschooled, I did have a good friend who homeschooled. So I wasn't completely alone, but we didn't get together often. And, you know, I had a a kid who had come from public school and was missing seeing her friends every day. Mm -hmm. And we met, I met another, a couple of homeschool families on a Yahoo group. And we realized that we lived in the same town. And so we took a chance that none of us were actually axe murderers. And we (laughs) met at a playground one day and the kids hit it off. And so we started just making a point to get together regularly. And from that, we realized that there had to be other moms who felt the same way, who needed just an outlet and support and encouragement. I think that's the big thing is moms, we need to know that we're not in this alone. And just to have somebody to bounce ideas off of, somebody to encourage us on the hard days, because Mm -hmm. we all know there are hard days. And then, of course, you know, the kids do need opportunities to make friends that they have things in common with. I mean, all of my kids have friends who are in public school, but they also really enjoy their time with their homeschool friends who understand, you know, their day-to-day lifestyle. Yeah. You know, I love that you said it doesn't have to be a big formal group. It can be, you know, just a small informal one. And that may be all you need. So perfect. Well, I have a little pop quiz for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I love pop quizzes. I was one of those weird kids in school. Awesome. (laughs) All right. You're going to do well with this one. Okay. So just shout out the answer as soon as you know it. Coffee or tea? Tea? Mm -hmm. (laughs) A little bit. Is there a question? Yeah. What's up with this? Yeah. (laughs) A little bit country or a little bit rock and roll? Mm, Rock and roll. Well-trained mind or unschoolers anonymous? Well-trained mind. Early bird or night owl? Oh, night owl with early bird in training. (laughs) (laughs) Craft or read aloud? Read aloud. Lap book or workbook? Workbook. Co-op or stay home? Stay home. Bed made or unmade? Unmade. Bookmark or dog ear? Bookmark. Don't you dog ear a book? <laughs> hey, dog eared books are well loved. <laughs> Sonnet or haiku? Haiku. Mm. All right, Chris, can you tell me where people can find you online? I am at www.weirdunsocializedhomeschoolers.com. From there, you can also find me on Facebook and Google Plus and Twitter and Uh, Lots of other places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed chatting with Chris. 
I'm excited to take her suggestions about including my kids in exercise to heart this year and get all of us moving some more. For information about the books, curriculum, and links we talked about, check out the show notes at homeschoolsnapshotspodcast.com forward slash four. There, you can also drop me a comment to let me know what you thought about the show and let me know if there is a particular homeschool mom you would like me to interview. Until then, keep on homeschooling.